Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, welcome back to the Survival Show podcast. I'm producer Ben. And before we get into today's Manly Musings segment, let me just remind you to hit that subscribe button. That way, you never miss any of our segments or shows. As you listen today, I hope this segment gives you some great food for thought to chew on for your day ahead. All right, let's get into it. Here's the man, the myth, the legend, Master Craig. Hey everybody, this is Craig Cottle, the director of Nature Line School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Looking forward to being with you again today for our Manly Musings segment, which is where I leave the comfort of my producer Ben and David and get unleashed to do my own thing one day a week, and David does his thing one day a week, which has been fantastic. Uh, we've really enjoyed, uh, obviously we really enjoy getting together and doing a podcast together, but we've also enjoyed taking our own skills and abilities and, and doing our own thing once a week and focusing on some different topics that we specialize in. So today, for Manly Musings, what I wanted to discuss was leadership. I've alluded to this several times in our podcast, but I've had the good fortune of being able to have some fantastic mentors in my life, such that they guided and directed me and and helped me become a better leader. And what I wanted to do was first off, I wanted to give a brief intro on on my views on leadership because I think they get intermingled, when, particularly when we discuss them as they relate to survival, survival training, disaster readiness, and stuff of that nature. There's several different schools of thought, but there's two that, that uh, I've had a fair amount of experience in and wanted to share some thoughts on each. First would be the, the military experience, which I don't have uh, personal experience in the military, but what I do have is I've had the the good opportunity to train under some fantastic leaders from the military, both from the officer perspective as well as the enlisted perspective. Uh, these were men that have guided and directed and, and shared methods and ways and books and people and, and different ways to go get uh, experience being a better leader and to study and gain knowledge and wisdom on how other leaders have led and a lot of those have come from the special forces, or excuse me, better said, the special operations community, because some of those have come from both Army and Navy uh, special operations community people that are friends of mine. So uh, these guys have said, hey, you need to read this book, or hey, check on this guy and see what he's done in his career. And, and so I've done that, and it's given me an opportunity to see something that's real important for us to understand for survival in particular. And that is, you'll see a lot of survival schools a lot of survival training and stuff of that nature that run that training as if it's some sort of selection process um, for, you know, special for- special forces, Q course or BUDS or something of that nature. And, I, you know, I'm not saying there's no value in that. I- I'm just saying that that appeals to a certain audience and it may not necessarily 
be an effective means of training because that is a way to weed people out from um, uh, from doing a job that is a long-term job and you just have to be mentally and physically and for most part uh, mind-body connected to be able to do that job really well. Uh, I don't think from my personal experience that running survival training and being a leader from the perspective of uh, you know, a special forces selection course is the best way to run a school. Um, again, it's, you know, that's the way I do things. What I try to focus my attention on and the way that I run Nature Reliance School, which is, I think, a way for at least for you to consider running your own family, uh, running your own organization, and being able to guide and direct those people that are in your family unit. Because as I'm sitting here listening to my own thoughts and thinking about who I'm speaking to, my guess is that the majority of people that I'm speaking to are people that are just average ordinary people like myself that are just family members. You want to be disaster ready. You want to be ready for survival. And so that's the perspective I want to focus our attention on today. Now, there are some times that I guide and direct people in doing things, particularly when I'm training in man tracking or I'm training federal law enforcement officers in disaster readiness that I have to be able to flip a switch and, and consider that almost that military mindset um, that uh, I've had so many good teachers that have shared with me. And so, yes, there's a time for that. But uh, what I want to do today is focus our attention on some leadership qualities that uh, I found to be excess, uh, exceptionally useful in organizational management when I, before I started doing uh, working for myself when I was myself was in the real world, I guess you would say, and not self-employed. And um, these have been exceptionally well. Let me tell you the background where this came from is real quick is that after I graduated from University of Kentucky, I, I obtained my degree in business management and with an emphasis in statistical analysis. Basically, it's my responsibility to learn how to, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, forecast the future, massage data, take a look at data, look at it, consider it until manufacturing facilities, weather forecasters, uh, even uh, some of the models I built when I was in school were for, middle, uh, for military uh, forecasters on battlefield tactics even, and look how to forecast how things would happen, basically forecast the future, if you will. And uh, right after I got out of school, and, and I say all that because I utilize that training and that methodology a lot in the way that I write and the way I present information because I, I'm really focused on statistical analysis and things that are more likely to happen and, and not focused on the things that are not likely to happen. But after I got out of school, I went, I, I went to work in a hospital, and I was a, a manager there, and I got put into a program called Frontline Leadership. And that's basically what I'm going to share with you today is what they've called the five basic principles because I started utilizing that method of leadership then. That was, golly, that was 1991-92, and I've been utilizing it ever since. And when a lot of people say they recognize I have some uh, a fair amount of management or leadership skill, I think what they're recognizing is these principles that I learned then that I apply basically in my daily life. So let's dig into them. Uh, what I want to do is I want to share them straight out, the, the five basic principles. Then I'm going to detail them for you, and then I'm going to list them again for you at the end. So no matter where you are in the podcast, when you're hearing this, if you want to write these things down, and I do recommend you write at least these five basic principles down, and then I'm going to give you an action step at the end so you can learn how to apply some of these in your own life. So in short, here are the five basic principles. Number one, focus on the situation, issue, or the behavior rather than the person. 
Number two, maintain the self-confidence and self-esteem of others. Number three, maintain constructive relationships with those at your level, those that are under you and those who are above you. Number four, take the initiative to make things better. And number five, lead by example. Now, let's break these down. This first one, and this is why I always list one first, is probably one of the pivotal things that I do on a regular basis as best I can. And again, as I'm telling you these things that I recommend you do, I don't pretend that I'm the end-all, beat-all, and I do these all the time. It's just these have guided and directed me for a long time, and they're exceptionally useful. Focus on the situation, number one, focus on the situation, issue, or behavior of the person. A lot of times when we see problems occurring, uh, what we'll do is we'll uh, say negative things against a person and we beat them down as a person. What happens is that when people are criticized personally, they tend to turn off anything else that you say. And it's difficult for the typical person, I'm not saying everyone's like this, the typical person to be able to hear any more education or, or leadership or guidance after that. And again, for those that are, have a military or a, a more tactical mindset, you'll understand that this, this is not that type of mindset because you, know, you get beat down a lot in the military and there's a time for that and there's a reason for that and I think it's very valuable. We'll talk about that in another podcast. But in this one, what we want to do is we want to recognize that most people can accept facts and they can accept even criticism of their work as long as they do not feel that you're being uh, one who is attacking them personally. So focus, again, on the situation, issue, the behavior. Um, positive recognition and positive reinforcement goes a long way. Negative reinforcement, again, usually ends up being something where you're digging into somebody's personal self and it's hard for them to take that criticism at that point. So an example of this is, you know, just from a wilderness perspective, wilderness survival perspective is, hey, you're, you know, this is a sentence I wrote down just to share. Hey, you're doing a great job on the firewood, but let me show you some things that I look for as well. Together we can have a much better firewood source. Okay. I could have said, Hey, ding dong, you don't know what you're doing. That firewood's wet. It doesn't work. Okay. So that's me digging at the person personally. And at that point, it doesn't give me an opportunity to educate them and teach them. And so that's why I mean, focus on the situation issue, the behavior. Secondly, uh, let's look at the maintaining the self-confidence and self-esteem of others whenever we can. When, when you treat people uh, and, and this is really important, I think. When you treat people in such a way that you you basically tell them that they have low potential or they don't have much to contribute or maybe you say something like, that person's just in the way, uh, then basically what that person will end up doing is they will lose interest and t stop trying at all. And again, this is very important in organizational management, but think about this from a family perspective. Let's say that you, at some point down the road, four years down the road, let's say you could forecast the future and you know four years down the road you're going to be involved in a hurricane. You need to start developing your leadership and guidance skills now so that when you get there, you when you say something, people listen to you. It doesn't matter if you're the the man, woman, teenager, whoever it is that you are in a family or organizational unit, then you need to be able to guide and direct people in such a way now so that they can trust you and they look to you for guidance under stress. That's very important. So what I mean by that is, again, ridicule really has no place in, in such things. And it doesn't, 
need to become, as I mentioned earlier, a selection process. Again, that that's for the military, and that is very valuable and important at that in that setting, but not in your typical family setting. Um, that's we want to avoid that. Number three, uh, maintain constructive relationships with those that are at your level above you and below you, basically. So when I say things, I, I just try to give common courtesy. One of the things when I speak to other, for example, if we could use me as an example, let's try to do that both right and wrong. There are other schools that are similar to mine, and I typically don't call those guys by their first name if I'm talking to them. I usually call them Mr. So-and-so or Mrs. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so or Mr. or what have you. And I just give them common courtesy. I don't assume that we're friends. I don't assume that we are peers. I just give them the courtesy that they deserve. Uh, and again, I try to, even with, for example, school owners and guys that do similar things to what I do, I try to have a, a positive relationship with them, even when there's guys that I don't like, because there's several guys that I really don't like the way they do things. I think they're uh, unethical, and I think they're, to a degree, a bit unlawful. <laughs> but uh, I do as best I can to have a positive relationship with people, uh, even if necessarily I don't respect them. Uh, I'll do what I can to work with them as best I can. And, and I do the same thing with uh, those that come to us for training. I have a real difficult time calling people my students, um, meaning uh, I possess them. They are mine. Uh, I don't... That, I think that creates a, an environment where the person is always looking to me for guidance. And in survival training, you cannot have that. A person that uh, owns their students is not basically teaching that person to be strong on their own. And my goal has always been to teach people to be strong on their own. And so I always try to do what I have to build the self-confidence and self-esteem of others. So... Um, as well as maintaining the constructive relationships with those above me, below me, and and uh, that are on my same level. So, in essence, a lot of times I'll be in a situation where I will lose battles to win the war. The war being I want more people prepared, I want them to be better equipped, and uh, that includes you, obviously, that are listening to us here. And so what I do is I always try to, to, to basically always maintain constructive relationships. <clears throat> Number four is take the initiative to make things better. Um, it is my goal, and I teach this a lot in Active Shooter, it's always our goal to be proactive rather than reactive. When you are proactive in any situation, active shooter, survival, uh, self-defense, or anything of that nature, your decisions are typically made more effectively. You'll have more details to make better decisions, and those decisions will be made under less stress. When you're reactive, in your decision-making, meaning something's happening and now you have to react to it, uh, those decisions have to be made more quickly. You'll have less details to make good decisions, and there's going to be a heaping amount of stress. And so decisions are hard to come by in that environment. And so it's better to always take the initiative to make things better. If you see a problem, then don't be the guy or gal that says somebody needs to do this. You do this. And if you're in a position where you need to be the leader, then you, hey, to take, sometimes taking the initiative to make things better is to work with others in such a way that you can guide and direct them to make the situation better than, rather than you yourself because you can't get pulled away or you're, other, you're in the midst of doing other tasks. Last but not least, number five is lead by example. Um, man, this is important. This is one... This is one situation where the military and basic organizational or family leadership 
um, kind of mashed together, meaning that it works well on both sides of those differing styles of leadership. Uh, basically, you need to recognize that both your supporters and your enemies, for that matter, uh, those that want to take from you are watching even the little things that you do and see how they do them. Uh, I, I joke with some of the leadership within Nature Reliance School, there's a couple guys in particular that they pretend they pretend that I don't exist, and then every time I come up with something, a week later they're coming up with it too. Um, so um, it, it's interesting how many people really watch everything you do that you don't know that they're paying attention to you. This is so very true at home. Your kids are watching every single thing that you do. If you spend most of your time with your nose and a phone, your kids are going to be the type of people that are most likely going to spend most of their time with their nose and their phone. If you're reading and learning and studying, they're going to want to read and learn and study more often than not. And so keep that in mind as you're leading by example. Um, one of the things that I recommend people do is to always let those that are around you know at least one to three priorities that are important to you, your family, your unit, or your organization, or whoever it is that you want to be a more effective leader for. Um, so if that's, for example, a lot of people have their faith or their religion that are the guiding force behind what they do, and most people around them know that. And if that's something that is important to you, then people should know that. Um, however, you, you should always know that the priorities, particularly in an organizational environment, a business environment, for example, um, and even in survival, we need to know what our priorities are. So you can listen to the podcast that David and I have recorded where we discuss the Law of Threes. And I think that's actually going to be coming out in a week, um, a week or so, a few days. So you'll be hearing that coming up soon. But um, it, it's important that everybody know what their priorities are and to effectively manage them so that we don't get too haphazard with whatever it is that we're doing. We know what we're supposed to be doing, and we're in the business of getting that done. And last but not least, as it comes to point five, don't let your words and your actions be counter to one another. People are watching, and if you don't be one of these guys that say, do as I, what is it, do as I say, not as I do, uh, that's just weak. That's weak. That's weak-minded leadership. So uh, let's fix that. Let's, let's make sure that those, our actions and our words don't run counter to one another. Uh, and, and before I leave, just keep in mind, leadership does not come by accident. It, it, it's going to take work. Uh, you need to be in the business of studying other leaders, seeing how they do things, watching other people and how they lead, see what works, what doesn't work from your perspective, reading as many books, listening to motivational speakers, uh, be around people that help and encourage and, and make you grow as a person. Particularly, and, and this is another thing, find somebody that challenges you. Uh, I like to be surrounded by people that challenge me. Uh, one of the things that you'll find if you ever come to a Nature Reliance School class is that our classes are full of people that are that are incredibly equipped and, and, and experienced and educated on the subject matters that I'm teaching. And so uh, it's, it's an incredible uh, environment to be in because I'm always cons consistently learning and growing in my own self. And so I'm very pleased that uh, to be a part of an organization like that. So with that said, uh, that's the five basic principles. Here they are again. Focus on the number one. Focus on the situation, issue, or the behavior, rather than the person themselves. Number two, maintain the self confidence and self esteem of others. 
Number three, maintain constructive relationships with those at your level, those under you, and those who are above you. Number four, take the initiative to make things better. And last but not least, number five, lead by example. What I refer to as the five basic principles, and a lot of those can be summed up in, guess what? The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So this has been Craig Cottle with... Uh, Nature Reliance School and co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Check us out on the Survival Show forward slash Patreon. We really appreciate all the feedback we're getting, all the support we're getting. It's been fantastic. It's really helped us recognize that we need to be doing more of this. So as always, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for your feedback. Send it to me whenever and wherever you can. And please do this for me. Subscribe. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Uh, give us a five-star review if you feel it's worthy of that. We really appreciate that. And share it with others as best you can. Hey, it's free to do all that. So if you like what's happening, then do and hashtag HBO, help a brother out. And do all that for me. Give us a five-star review and, and uh, all that good stuff because that really helps us. This has been Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Alliance School, co-host of the Survival Show podcast. Catch you next week. There you have it, folks. That wraps up today's Manly Musing segment. Let us know what you think. And don't forget, you can engage with us anytime over on Patreon. Let us know how we're doing. You can give us some suggestions for our future podcasts. And you can submit questions to be answered on our full-length show. For all of us here at The Survival Show, thank you so much for your support and encouragement till next time i'm producer ben and remember keep it simple be positive and stay sharp